0: Hello and welcome back to Forever Faith, a podcast where we work through our issues of real life and our faith. We are currently reading The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. Let's get going. Six of the Forever Faith Podcast. Here we are dedicated towards working through real issues about life and faith. We are currently reading The Reason for God by Timothy Keller. This is the Forever Faith Podcast. So uh, thank you for joining in, everybody. It is a pretty nice day here in Minnesota. It's not frigid cold like our normal December. So, uh, but we don't really have any snow yet. So what do you guys think about the weather?
1: Well, I I want to take issue with your idea that it's not frigid cold. I have the feeling that uh, our listeners need a little bit of context. So we live in Minnesota, and it's currently 36 degrees outside Fahrenheit, just to be clear, um, which is uh, just a few degrees above the uh, freezing point. So for all y'all listeners who don't live in the Midwest, uh, this is what we call temperate temperatures
0: yeah look out florida people you might die <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay maybe not anyway oh we didn't introduce ourselves hi i'm ryan
2: <laughs> yeah hi i'm ethan and we have a guest today
1: yeah that we do hello guest what is your name
2: uh my name is neil i'm new here tonight i'm just
3: checking out how it's gonna go i'm pretty excited
1: welcome neils good to meet you um i'm just kidding we've met a long time ago that's cool what, what, so, all right. Sorry, we're talking about the weather. Uh, l- let's just show how hardy we are as Minnesotans. Uh, what's the coldest temperatures that you would feel comfortable going outside in
0: shorts and a t-shirt? Uh, Seventy one no. degrees. Depends. It depends because in January wear jeans. I
2: would do it in twenty degrees. Okay. I always wear jeans now, but if I was forced to. I would feel okay in 15 degrees you know oh my goodness
1: you guys are uh way more okay with cold temperatures than i am that's amazing
2: probably because we're young
1: that could very well be i'm just getting old and broke yeah some of all of it uh cool 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 uh so we haven't recorded in a little while we're back at it after thanksgiving um how have you guys been what's going on in your lives
2: busy fixing the truck um
0: well, Ethan's been fixing his truck. I've been fixing mine. However, uh...
2: mine's still broke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mine, uh, mine still needs a little bit more too. Mine uh, needs a new alignment. To get those tires freshened up.
2: Yeah, mine, mine needs a new turbo and a supercharger. You know, <laughs> you put that V12 in there. That's not how cars work.
0: No, but.
1: I mean, my my car needs a new hyperdrive. So.
2: <laughs> At least we were realistic. Yeah, hey, wow. Well, my mom still has not put any brake fluid in the car, and there has not been any brake fluid in the car for, like, the past month. So, huh. And it I still breaks. I you brakes. said you were <clears> going to <throat> fix that, but yeah, She's always busy, so she always has the car.
1: Like I said, talking about the real issues of life and fame.
2: Real issues. Oh, so I went and hunting,
0: <laughs> and the first weekend, um... So we go hunting up in Floodwood, Minnesota.
1: Sure, how far away is that from Twin Cities? It's
0: about two and a half hours. Nice. It's not too bad compared to our cabin, which is like three and a half. Um, it's like right up 35, just off of 35 a little bit. And we, uh, Saturday night, I think it was Saturday night, we went to my dad's friend from the Air Force has a bar called the Clip Joint. I forget what town it is. It's a nice little bar, but it's it was so fun because it's really just like all the hunters came in, so everyone's either wearing camo or blaze orange, something like that. Nice. Um, they do a special for hunting season that they only do during hunting season. And it is a deep-fried pepper jack burger.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: I want that. That sounds amazing. I mean, burgers are my love language, so. I think it's kind of hard to tell because it's deep-fried. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure it was, like, two thinner patties with some pepper jack in the middle and then wrapped in pepper jack and then batter and deep-fried.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, deep-fried for sure yeah nice that's good. that sounds amazing cool Neil how have you been
3: I've been holding out pretty good yeah I spent the my my uh thanksgiving at my cabin with my family. My cool. sister came home from college actually she uh, was visiting um we're rebuilding our cabin actually
1: really what does that look like
3: well um originally it was just like a a one floor cabin with like one main room with a kitchen and like a lounge area. Right. But a tree fell on it. <laughs> so we had to improvise, and we decided to, like, fully upgrade it. We took some of the insurance money. We put in quite a bit, of lo- <clears throat> quite a lot of money into it, but it's coming along. Um, we got two floors in a basement now. Um, we yeah, got I'm not sure if I'd call that
0: improvising. It's well, I it's think something. that was a full send or no send moment. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was one of those. Okay.
0: It's really coming along.
1: That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I, I love things like that. Like, it's exciting to watch uh, plans come together and have kind of a fun space, continue to grow and turn into something cool. Nice. Yeah, so for, for Thanksgiving, I ended up um, going to my parents' house in Fargo, North Dakota. That's kind of where they live. And not kind of where they live. That is where they live. Um, Ooh, North Dakota.
0: South oh, come Dakota. on.
1: Come on. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> North but okay, we're not going to get into north versus south <laughs> thing here. Uh I'm no, sorry. but it, it was it was actually a tough decision just with with kind of the covid restrictions and stuff cuz you're not supposed to be getting together. Uh but my family actually already had covid kind of go through. Um and so my parents like they got tested and they made sure they had the antibodies and everything. Um and so and, and then the, uh, some other family just chose not to come for the similar reason cuz their family had been exposed and such and so Uh, It turned into a a really safe Thanksgiving for us, and it was nice and chill and low-key. We didn't really do a lot, but that's that's kind of what we prefer.
2: Yeah, my Thanksgiving was just like that. Um, Me and my mom got the great idea of going to our cousins' my cousins' houses and uh, taking pictures in front of their house. So that was fun. That's awesome. That night, me and my mom just had dinner at my grandparents. Nice. They're out in Arizona, so they're lucky.
1: Oh,
0: Uh, right. Oh, don't worry. My grandma just left for there today, like a couple hours
2: ago. That's awesome.
0: Nice.
1: Good stuff. Well, uh, how's that for enough catch-up time? You ready to dive in our topic today? Yes, sir. Awesome. Uh, as you guys remember, uh, we ended our part one of chapter five in an odd spot. Uh, I believe we reached an hour uh, without really digging into the topic as much as we intended. We hit some tangents, which we love. Um, but it also meant we didn't get through much of the chapter. So we're going to revisit a little bit of chapter five, uh, the idea of how can a loving God send people to hell, right? Like that's a tough topic. It's something that we, uh, we hope to give you the final answer on in 45 minutes or less. Uh, I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenging thing. Um, You know, last time we talked about the concept that if God is really loving, then he wouldn't allow hell, right? You know, the idea of if you don't make the right decision to follow God by the right time, being when you die, then too late. Now you suffer forever. Um, And, you know, the pushback uh, given by that is actually uh, C.S. Lewis is it's not a question of God sending us to hell but that in each of us, something is growing. And that thing that's growing is going to be hell unless we nip it in the bud. Um, and I thought that was very thought-provoking and uh, interesting that, um, you know, we have something like bad in us, right? We There's this primal sense of wrongness that, that's going on right now. And it takes God to kind of help turn that around. Um, let's just let you guys respond to that a little bit, uh, quickly. What, what do you think about that? Uh, where do you think that brings us? And then we'll move on.
0: Well, I find it interesting when people go over just simple stuff. Um, I'm actually right now I'm looking back at stuff from last, last time and you get new ideas just because of. Time goes on, different perspectives. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, it's hard to think almost even the same thing after a certain amount of time. But I feel like I'm missing the question here. You want to restate that?
1: Well, it wasn't much of a question. I just wanted to see if you had any thoughts about that idea. Uh, Neil, what do do you've got?
3: In my opinion, I have a thought that I could possibly expand upon.
1: Sure before um
3: Jesus vanquished the devil sure um you you' talked about the growing um primal instincts in every single one of us, and when Jesus vanquished the devil, it kind of pushed the human race forward in a sense that we're evolving past our primal nature towards a more evolved society where we can love and accept each other as who who we are
1: yeah i I think i i'm agree with that statement um i would i would specify right like i'm not going to just take it wholesale i'd want to give some more details to it that uh the way that works isn't just everybody just gets it right it's not that the whole society has now now that jesus died and rose from the dead uh we're all good it's more about now we have a chance to be good we have a yeah. chance to overcome that so in that sense 100 percent agree like i i love how you phrase that and how Uh, we have the opportunity to have a more evolved society and have an opportunity to be more loving towards each other.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's good stuff. So uh, a a big part of uh, the idea of hell is the idea of justice, right? So what do you think is justice? And I know we're probably going to overlap a little bit from last time, but uh, sometimes a bit of review is helpful.
2: Doing right from wrong.
1: Sure, right from wrong in what way. So so justice is usually kind of an after the fact thing.
2: Justice is
0: you know, okay. It's hard to separate it almost from like vengeance or revenge. It's kind of along those lines. Sure. Where you're getting back for whatever they did. Um and there is a thin line between like revenge and justice.
2: I'd say it's more like you're not you're most of your feelings aren't getting in the way like uh revenge is like your feelings get in the way and you want to like hurt the person and everything justice was, justice is more like hey i want to get this get back at this guy but i want to do it the right way sort of so you like in our case it's like the law you want to bring to the law I stuff, w- right
0: i would say the One of the biggest differences to me is revenge is what you want. It comes purely from feeling on you trying to get even. Justice is more about fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to actually make it so it doesn't go, like, eye for an eye.
1: Absolutely. I I wonder if, uh, so we're kind of comparing justice and vengeance a little bit. Um, I I mean, I, I, I... struggle with that a little bit because it feels sometimes that they're very similar right that justice and vengeance overlap um but at the same time they don't overlap at this right like vengeance seems almost like justice taken into your own hands but there seems something wrong about that almost it's almost uh, it's the reason why i it's fiction but it's the reason why the the law enforcement always hates batman because he's taken the law into his own hands. Even though he might be justified in it, there's just something distasteful about that.
3: And like with the justice system, <clears throat> um, with revenge and the justice system, with revenge, the punishment may not exactly fit the crime because emotions may be involved. Oh my gosh, yeah. You go through the justice system, there's always a multitude of people judging and like deciding what um, this person, rightfully deserves, as in revenge might end in like a lost life or something, but with justice you may be able to correct their course and save a life.
1: I love that, the the correct their course, that's kind of the key there, where justice isn't just about um, getting back at someone or making sure they get what they deserve, but about correction and about moving in a better direction.
0: That's good. I'd like to say, so we talk about we have justices we have the courts they're supposed to bring justice but another way to look at it is um, revenge and vengeance comes from hate justice comes from the love talks.
1: right
0: but also if God is a real like judge jury executioner then How can we, how is us trying to get justice actually real justice? Are we right or are we just um, not getting vengeance for ourselves? But Uh, it's just other people. You're just having other people, um, we don't have the same views overall because we don't have the right uh, vision.
1: Right, so so what you're saying is that the person trying to um, get justice might have a different idea of what justice is. Uh, and I think, Neil, what you're getting at is the reason why, like, the court system helps is you have more voices in there, right? It's not just one person saying, here's what I think is right, so this is what we're going to do, which might be too harsh or too lenient, depending on how they feel. But getting a bunch of voices in the mix might help make that fair, might say... A lesser crime deserves a lesser punishment, and a greater crime deserves a greater punishment, and everything in between. No, that's a lot of sense. Well, I I think the obvious question here is, when it comes to God, he's not a multitude of people and voices and opinions. He's one. So how how does that make it fair?
2: Well, isn't he the one who made us, and isn't he the one that kind of rules over us, sort of? Like he's the almighty, powerful and stuff.
1: And it cuts to the heart of it.
2: Well, if you're going off that, then
0: back when there was kings and queens and the whole castles, whatnot, medieval sure. times, did is everything the king made his people do? All the people that they would have executed is that all right? Just because he was a person in charge of their kingdom, like God is in charge of the whole earth as his kingdom?
3: I believe when it comes to um, the way God sees us and something like a monarchy might see their people. For example, like a monarchy would always see the trial through their eyes. They couldn't imagine what everybody else may be going through and they always have their, their perspective more or less in the way as with God. I imagine he can like see into our souls and like see our intentions and like maybe our future, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the difference in that example is just who God is versus who any other king or queen in history was.
2: Yes.
1: Um I mean, you're you're right. If God is omniscient, meaning all-knowing, well, he already knows our hearts. He knows what we actually did. He knows what we actually deserve and he can arbitrate that justly. While a monarch, they can do whatever they want, but they may not know for sure what's right. Yeah, That's good stuff. Um, And I also want to point out that it's also possible, uh, to Merritt's point, for a monarch to not be good, right? You know, if you give someone power over other people, you're kind of already trusting that they're going to do the right
2: thing. If you give a person power, they're either going to be good at it or they're going to be bad at it. so with that they could be
1: all right Uh, neil's reaching for the mic he's got something to say i have a really well
3: well maybe not well (laughs) a really good quote on this topic let's hear it absolute power corrupts absolutely
1: yeah i've heard that before (laughs) uh no that's fair
2: i like (laughs) how neil's smarter at this than all of us
1: I mean, that's, that's why we bring them in, and that's why we know that we're smart, because we know who to bring in to make this podcast better.
0: So, the way this all ties into the book is, one of the statements in the book is, a God of judgment cannot be a God of love. Christians mm. believe God is both a God of justice and love. Many experience anger because of their love. Yeah. But the way I see it is... It's because of his love that he can give the most fair justice. Because <coughs> otherwise, it all can, He can. He gives you the second chance. He can see that you have the uh, possibility, the opportunity <coughs> to do better. And so, and because he's a God of love, he can give it to you. But because of, like Neil said, he sees into our souls. Yeah. He can give the ultimate view where he can tell if you have the possibility to do good again and if to give you the right judgment.
1: Yeah. It's almost like the ultimate second chance.
0: Yeah. And the only reason we can get a second chance is because he's a God of love. Right. So I think...
1: No, that's good. And I think I think so people get caught up on um, feeling like judgment is always like anger and wrath and like bad feelings, right? And so we're like, well, if God is a God of justice, if God is a God um, who has that wrath and anger towards evil, right, then he can't also have love at the same time, almost as if those cannot mix. They can't go together. They can't exist in one being.
3: Speaking on that... Um how justice may be seen as evil or cruel. In most crime, there's usually a victim, and to that victim, justice may be like a release, like Mm. finally justice. Like in their eyes, it's not evil, it's like redemption. Right.
1: Like a relief? Yeah. Say it it again?
2: Like a relief. Right,
1: yeah, for sure. Kind of able to let it go. Uh, I, I think there's truth to that. Uh, I think people crave resolution.
0: So does that make, going off of Neil's point again, does that mean God is also the best one to judge us? Because he is all-powerful, we can't do anything to affect him. So Uh. everything we do that might affect other people... Because let's say a serial killer, he's going to offend and affect a lot of people. So everybody on the jury, however many people they have, will still be um, biased because they don't like what he did. However, and because it could have affected like all of them in a certain way. However, God, we cannot affect him. So he has the most fair view.
1: Yeah, you can't be biased, right? Like, we can't convince him to uh, take our side over somebody else's if our side isn't correct.
2: Yeah, I can't, like, bribe him and be like, hey, here's a hard (laughs) to, like, make this go my way or something. Right.
1: That's good. There's, It's such a weird thing because there's almost freedom in that.
2: Yeah.
1: Right? Like... To know that you have no control and no power is almost like frees you to, like there's room for trust there, mm-hmm. Be- because, sure I don't have any control or power over him, but neither does anybody else. Oh, that's good stuff. I, I think I think for for us humans, like when when it comes to justice, uh, especially to like the vic- victim kind of a thing, like if if, so- if wrong has happened, there's a victim in that scenario. the the instinct is to You poked out my eye, I'm going to poke out both of yours, right? So there's kind of a, it's not just vengeance. It's i I'm going to take this to the next level. There's a revenge thing. Yeah,
0: Um, and that can keep going forever.
1: Right, yeah, it perpetuates. And, I mean, there's so many examples in our world of that happening. Of the, you wronged me, so I'm going to wrong you. And that person says, well, you wronged me, so I'm going to wrong you. And it just goes on forever. Um, You know, so the, the question is, you know, Is God actually God of justice? Like, are we able to let go of our, like, bloodthirst to get back at somebody enough to say, I know that God is going to make sure justice is done even if I can't see it right now.
3: Circling back to an earlier topic about the biased um, views of God, I'm going to bring up kind of a pop culture show that I'm sure multiple people have seen. Great. Um, It's called Dexter. (laughs) Pretty much the protagonist, he commits murder, which is insanely horrible. Yep. But he only commits murder against horrible people. So does that ethically, morally make him right or wrong? And in the eyes of God, you would imagine that he would come to a conclusion, but we would have no idea of knowing what that may be.
1: I, I think it's a simple answer it's not an easy answer yes but it's a simple answer of uh god saying justice is mine
0: yeah
1: right it's it's not your job to arbitrate justice um so in this example like i would absolutely say uh dexter's in the wrong like he's doing the wrong thing maybe for good reasons Mm -hmm. but it doesn't doesn't just the i i would say the ends don't justify the means right i would say at the at the end of the world when uh, we are all put in judgment before God's eyes. Um, we're going to be judged for what we did, right, and how we responded, um, even if maybe we were right in the reasons of why we responded that way.
3: Mm-hmm. I agree with that because in the show Dexter, um, it's from his viewpoint, and he makes it seem like it's so just, but oh right! in my opinion, I don't think Dexter has the right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Who <laughs> he literally executes. Right there is still hope for them, even if they've committed heinous crimes. He may have saved lives, but he also took quite a few lives as well.
1: Right, Absolutely. And and that leads us really, really good into kind of the next point of the book, is kind of the equality of people, right? You know, the the idea is, the the question, is there a difference between people who are going to heaven and people who are going to hell? Do they have different rights?
2: Normally, if The people that are going to hell are the ones that have done wrong and have sinned. But when you go to heaven, you haven't sinned or you made up for your sins. Sure. I believe that's how it works. Uh, Close. How would
1: you respond to the the verse in the Bible that says all have sinned and we have fallen short of the glory of God?
2: Well, I would just say uh, work towards your goal of getting back uh, your glory to go to heaven.
1: So, so you at the end of the judgment day, you in your imagination, you picture um, kind of a big scale where kind of the things you did wrong on one side, the things you did good on the other side, and it kind of kind of how does that work in your imagination?
2: Well, right now, since I'm young, I got a lot wrong that I did, <laughs> uh, so it's not looking great for me now. But in the future, hopefully, I will grow sense of what I've done and I will be a better person.
1: So, all right, let's, let's, let's say um, you die tomorrow. And as you said, you're young, you've got a lot on the bad side, you don't have the rest of your life. To uh, add to the good side, what happens?
2: Uh, I guess I'm going to hell. Okay.
1: So according to the way you've described it, that's kind of how yeah. that works, right? So is, is there any hope for someone who has lived a life bad and do- doesn't have time to turn it around?
2: In my opinion, no. Okay.
3: I have no way of knowing this, but I'm just gonna take a guess here. Um, I don't believe God sees people for their sins and what they've done, but how they've dealt with what they their mistakes in the past. Sure. Sure. Like people make mistakes all the time. People do things that they regret. Everybody has skeletons in the closet. Yeah, that's right. But <coughs> I don't think it's necessarily fair that people should go to hell for like maybe one mistake or slip up Mm -hmm. because Jesus like died for our sins and if our sins cause us to go to hell what's that all
1: about oh there is the question and and I think um uh, we need to get into biblical theology there like what what is sin what separates us from God and where is the love of God in all that
0: so I don't know if we need to I don't see this as a valid point at all, because nobody is sentenced to heaven or hell until the last second, because they can turn their entire lives around. If, like they could. Uh, right. In a movie, got a uh, guy's hated God all his life, atheist tries to s- spread that God is dead. And last second gets hit hey. by a car, and a pastor finds him. And while he's dying, he finds, for, uh, forgives, and gets forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And they kind of make it seem like, in the end, then he went to heaven. So I don't think there is a difference because there are no people that are going to heaven or hell. Because it all comes down to the very end when he makes a decision uh
1: i I think I would lean more that direction that way, and here's here's why um, uh, when we when we look at how God has worked in the world we we have to recognize that we have not lived up to what God wants for us, right like to your point ethan like we all make stupid mistakes. Like, we're young, we've got a lot on the bad side. Neely said we've all got skeletons in the closet, right? Um, and, you know, the Bible says that if we can't live up to what God says, we deserve hell. So let's just, like, remember that this is a bigger picture thing, we're focusing in on one piece. So the one piece is we don't deserve to go to heaven because we're not good enough. If To throw an analogy in there, uh, you have to get a 4.0 in this class, the class of life to actually get into heaven. I know, right? we 're all going to hell. Real, no, real talk. like I 'm not getting a 4.0 in the class called life. that 's just the way it is., yeah, oh my gosh, Point 0.8, let 's go. Um, but here's the deal. Like, this is why Jesus matters. It's not that Jesus died, paid for our sins. so what is this about sending, sending us to hell? It's first about our sin sending us to hell and then about God sending Jesus to die for our sins. Right? The order of that matters. It's not that uh, you know, we have to understand the first part. We have to hear the bad news before the good news actually makes sense. Uh, the, the point is, uh, that I think Merritt was making is that there's nothing settled in life. Someone can live the worst possible life and have a turnaround right they they can come and say you know what i i need to go turn to god like i need to do something different way late in their life and of course the dramatic example is the car accident and he you know turns to god as he's dying um but that can happen at any point for any person and so we can't write people off because that's not just for us to do that's god's job but on the other hand we also can't say that person's amazing they're definitely going to heaven because we don't know their heart we don't know what they're going to do they could turn away from god we don't understand that now that's a deeper piece of theology that we can talk about sometime if you want to. But here's the deal. I, I believe God is a God of justice, first of all, so that if we deserve hell, which, by the way, we all do, that's where we're going to go. And I believe God is a God of love, that he's going to make a way for us to get out of that. And that, that, that's why I think that, that this conversation is good. That needs to go back to Jesus because the, we, we, we deserve hell. But the Bible also talks about how uh, someone who puts their trust in Jesus, not in just the idea of God, not just the, I don't want to go to hell, let's go to heaven, but the idea of, no, God sent Jesus to change my life and also to save me from my sin, from my brokenness. And through that one decision, can the rest of your life be on a better trajectory?
2: That's good stuff. I'm just trying to let that all sink in. Yeah, man,
1: sink that in. This is a, this is a big thing, man. It's a concept of, uh, justice and love is, uh, we, we've all got interesting ideas of kind of how that works for sure. Uh, let, let's maybe just kind of let that soak. Let our listeners kind of think about, uh, where they think, where they land. Uh, let's maybe, uh, wrap this up and, uh, we'll, we'll see if we need to hit any of these high points next time.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. So, uh, Thank you everybody for tuning in. This has been our sixth episode, and I think we're starting to get this down. Uh, Neil, how did you uh, feel today went as a new or as a new guest? Today went
3: really well. I surprisingly enjoyed this conversation. Surprisingly,
1: ha. Surprisingly, yes. yeah. Thanks, man. Well, it's good having you. I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. yeah so. Did I. so uh, um, so if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, or things you want advice about, shoot an email to foreverfaithpod at gmail.com. And with that,
2: I'm Mary. I'm Ethan. I'm Ryan.
0: And I'm Neil. And this has been the sixth episode of the Forever Faith Podcast. Thank you.